The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. Today, I am actually at another digital conference, Digital Hollywood in Los Angeles, where a lot of different trends in the digital space are being talked about. One of the biggest ones out there right now is Snapchat, one of the hot social media platforms that marketers, brands, and businesses are all trying to wrap their head around what does it mean and what can we do to engage the younger audiences, our younger customers with this fabulous, you know, new platform. So today we have the pleasure of having the lovely Saba Sadigi, who is an expert in Snapchat, who teaches Snapchat courses to brands and businesses, and who herself is a Snapchat influencer, and we're going to learn more about what that means. So let's have a tech cat hand for the fabulous Saba, the Snapchat influencer. Yay! Hey, Saba, how's it going? Hey, Lori, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Now, Saba actually joined me recently at the NAB show where we had a great panel uh, with a lot of Snapchat influencers. So, Saba, give us, uh, give us your background. How did you get to be such a guru in Snapchat? <laughs> You know, I just started using the platform. I've been on Snapchat since 2011, and a lot of people think that Snapchat is new on the market, and it definitely is not. Uh, it came out in 2011, but obviously doesn't have the functionality that it has today, but I've been using it uh, throughout college, after I graduated, and I just realized that as it began evolving, it started becoming a serious player in the social media space, and I decided to really double down and uh, take advantage of the opportunity that the marketplace has around Snapchat and Snapchat marketing. And are you um, yourself someone that is making a living with brands? Because that's the big thing everybody's talking about right now um, is that there's all these, uh, you know, young folks like yourself out there who are creating content on Snapchat and they're called Snapchat influencers. Is that, is that what you're doing as well? Yeah, so I'm kind of a hybrid. So I'm not completely a Snapchat influencer. I'm kind of, I split my time between creating content as well as teaching and educating. So for example, I'm going to be teaching at uh, the General Assembly in Los Angeles two courses about Snapchat for business. So I kind of uh, go on the education training side and marketing strategy side, and I also create content. So I'm a practitioner of what I am teaching. And, and General Assembly, for those of you that don't know, is an organization that teaches a lot of different courses um, about technology. And I believe they're bicoastal. Is that correct, Saba? They're, yeah, they're they have locations. Yeah, they have locations like all in all the major cities. Right, and they are a great place to go if you're trying to learn how to use a new platform or a, a new technology. And so Saba's out there teaching folks how to use it. So to tell us why is Snapchat 
so different? What What is it that is, you know, because I have so many colleagues who are well-established marketers who are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s and who are who have trouble using it or don't, don't understand it but know they have to wrap their head around it. Why, why is it so different? I think it's different because it kind of plays on a different thesis than all the other social networks. So if we look at Facebook, if we look at Twitter, Instagram, all these social networks are very visible um, on the web, right? And so when you're posting content, it's getting indexed. And that content is staying there forever. It's getting archived on your profile, on your page, whatever it may be. Snapchat changes that whole model and that whole narrative. And it says, you know what, we want you to create content that is your story. You create what your story is. Um, it focuses on vertical video. And after 24 hours, the content leaves. And so it creates urgency. And the production value of the content that you're creating is much lower. So you're constantly evolving. And people say, you know, you're only as good as the last snap that you created. So in the, uh, tell everyone again about how or explain how what you create disappears. Right. So when you so on Snapchat, you can either create a photo Snapchat or a video Snapchat. Now, with both of these formats, there are a lot of tools and features that you can basically layer on to be more creative. So when you're creating video, there are actually facial recognition filters. And this is what a lot of brands are taking advantage of. So uh, recently, Starbucks came out with a loyalty program. And they ran a full day fil- a Snapchat filter where people's eyes would, um, they would actually burst with, with stars and it was Starbucks branding. And so things like that are um, how brands are integrating and reaching millennials. And so when you're creating that content, you're becoming a part of the experience. And so you can either send a Snapchat video or picture to a friend of yours, so I can just send one to you, Lori, or I can submit it to my quote-unquote story. And that's going to be visible for everyone to see. And that's really where brands are focusing is creating stories and creating narratives that their audience can consume. So it becomes another uh, storytelling platform for brands, but it's in this unique uh, format of blending video and stills, and then it all disappears in 24 hours, even if you put it into your into your story. Um, so the, the question is, you know, should I be spending a lot of money as a brand on creating Snapchat stories if they disappear after 24 hours? Right. That's a great question. So one of the things you have to think about is sort of comparing it to other platforms and what the production cost is there, right? So in terms of a brand getting on Snapchat, I would say you can leverage someone that is on your social media team. There is a very, very high chance that there's someone on there that's been using Snapchat for more than six months or one year, and they really understand the platform. And in terms of cost, what you're going to have to invest in is someone's time to be creating that content. But in terms of, for example, the production value of making, for example, a Facebook video or creating content for Instagram, it's much lower. And I I personally think that the opportunity for brands to reach their audience on platform where the production value and sort of what it takes to create Snapchats is so much lower because let's not forget each Snapchat is only 10 seconds long. And so when you're creating, you know, consecutive 10 second Snapchats, it's not going to take you as long and you're creating everything within the platform and you never have to take your content outside of it for editing or post-production and things like that. So the first thing that I I thought about when I looked at Snapchat, because as a strategist, 
you know, I'd been hearing a lot of buzz about it for the last year, but I find it kind of hard to use. Now, is that because I'm like over 30 and kind of over 42? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you know what, Laurie? I think that Snapchat has really carved its own uh, niche. And for people that are not used to Snapchat, it is a little bit counterintuitive. But for someone like me or a lot of my friends or people that I know that have been on it for maybe a year or, or more, it seems very intuitive to them. And a lot of the UI is based around sort of hand movements and hand gestures that you basically, if you want to get out of someone's story, you swipe down on the screen. It, there's not necessarily a button. And so it is a little bit of a barrier to entry, the UI, because it's so different. When you open up the application, you're immediately, um, the camera is there. And so it is a little bit difficult, but once you kind of get past that, there is so much functionality and so much potential for content creation and storytelling that it's really exciting. So is is that what happens then? It just becomes intuitive because I'm open to a new user experience, but I've just spoken to so many marketers who, again, are of a certain age, and and in order for them to spend money on this platform, they want to look at it and use it. But, of course, none of, their, none of their colleagues are on it, so they don't understand it. It's not like YouTube or Twitter or Facebook where even if you're not busy on it, you could still engage with it. Snapchat is really like you have to be in there, right? Yeah, you're right. And that's one of the reasons why I do, I focus a lot of my work around education and training. So I do have a Udemy course that I've co-created with Carlos Gill, where it's basically Snapchat for beginners. And it's an online course, It's 47 lectures. Um, And I'm not trying to promote this, but I'm just trying to give you an example of sort of... Well, no, you should should promote it. Where Where do people find it? It's on Udemy.com, and if you uh, look up Snapchat for Beginners, uh, the course will come up, and it's 47 lectures. It's two and a half hours of content. We recorded it on iPhone, so we take you through step-by-step. This is how you set up an account. This is how you change your name. This is how you create your snap code. What is a snap code? You know, how do you add text? How do you add emoji? How do you add filters? How do you, you know, um, use the different video filters there are? So we go through every single functionality that is on Snapchat. So before you even think about, okay, let me create a story for, you know, my brand, you first have to know what tools you have available to create that story. And so that's why it's really important for someone like you, for example, Lori, who's like, you know, I'm a little bit intimidated by Snapchat. Something like that makes it a lot easier. And that's something that I also cover when I teach is a lot of the UI and functionality because that's what kind of prevents people from jumping all in because they don't understand all the cool things you can do with it. And a lot of my job as a content creator is to kind of highlight all the cool different features and how to think outside the box in terms of creativity. Yeah, it just seems, uh, you know, so overwhelming uh, to me um, to to really understand um, how to leverage the platform at the highest because when I'm creating content for it, just personally, I always feel like I'm being a fake because I'm trying to use Snapchat as opposed to my 18 and 21 year olds who are living and breathing the platform. Yeah, but, you know, the fun thing about Snapchat is that there's no right or wrong way to use it. It really comes down to being able to experiment and figure out sort of what works for you. Uh, One of my favorite things, one of a very large Snapchat influencer once said, is if you're having fun creating your content, 
your audience is having fun consuming your content. So, you know, maybe the type of content that I create is not going to be the type of content you create, but maybe you really take advantage of the perspective that you have on Snapchat and people like consuming that. And there's so many different ways to storytell that there's not one right way to do it. And I think that's another reason why Snapchat has really been able to capture the attention of not only millennials, but now we see it skewing higher because it empowers creativity and storytelling on a level that we have never seen before. There isn't as many rules. There's kind of this structure that we have to stay within, right? And all these tools that we have at our disposal, but no one is telling you, you know, this is the dimensions, and this is what, uh, this is the amount of text you can have in your graphic like Facebook does. You have a lot more flexibility. Well, we're going to take a break in a moment, and when we come back, I want to dig a little bit more into the features of Snapchat, and it's, it's really interesting. It's not like you would ever do an hour-long show on all the different social media platforms, but this one in particular, um, I believe that uh, they just made a big deal with the Olympics, and now the Olympics are going to be um, is yep, NBC Rio. or ABC. Um, has made a deal. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes down. So when we come back, more with Saba talking about Snapchat and this social media platform that has literally lit up the world when we come back on the TechCap show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, you may not be aware of the different options available to you in securing business capital in today's market. We discuss and explore these options each week on Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. There are two primary ways of building business capital. Profits, which are basically higher revenue and reduced expenses, and external or debt capital. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, everybody. And we are back with the fabulous Baba, who is a Snapchat guru and really healing us on why this social media platform is taking the world by storm. And of course, the reason that so many businesses and brands and companies care about Snapchat is because the eyeballs are there. So, Saba, what brands are really jumping onto this platform? Yeah, let me just, before I kind of jump into it, you mentioned how many eyeballs. Just to give people some numbers, there are 200 yeah. million uh, daily active users, and there are 10 billion daily video views. And so the numbers are just increasing every single month. Uh, I believe that early, like, early 2016 in January, they had 8 billion daily video views. So they were head to head with Facebook and now they're at 10 billion daily video views. So they are growing at a rapid pace. So if anyone has any doubts about if there are people using Snapchat, it is also number two in the app store. So and, um, and when you, when, when you get that, num- that number, because I can watch one video twice, right? So when they give those numbers, is that like per user? Cause that's insane. <laughs> I don't know if it's per user, but that's like including the live stories that they have, the brand stories that they have, the and then people yeah. just consuming each other's. Yeah, so they have a few different ad products for brands as well. And, and it's, a, and it's the second most popular app um, on the store right now. That, that's incredible. Um, yeah, so, all right, so, so we have app store. Yep. So we have we have the numbers. So so what 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 are brands doing? Yeah, so there there are a lot of brands that are really being the trailblazers in this space. So just to, um, I'm going to go through a few of them that I think are doing a really, really great job. I'm going to start with uh, Apple Music. Apple Music is obviously a subset of Apple, the larger company. And Apple Music really focuses on the new music that they feature in their their iTunes music store. And so what they do is they actually have an artist that they've hired, I believe, because the Snapchats are pretty intricate in terms of the drawings. And, for example, the Chainsmokers were doing a takeover of their account, and so they do a really, really great story around the Chainsmokers, what their new song is about, and they make it very interactive, and they make it very, very engaging. So for them, it's more like a product launch, but the product is the music that they're going to be releasing in the Apple Music Store. And so they use it for awareness. Um, another company that is doing really well is Experian, the credit score company. Now, most of you, you know, are probably not fans of credit scores and credit cards and, you know, you guys stay away from financial stuff, but Experian, um, their core business is B2B, but they have taken advantage of Snapchat by actually providing education around financial literacy. So if you follow them on Snapchat, they will tell you, for example, Um, is it bad for your credit score to cancel a credit card? What goes into your credit score? If they go to a financial conference, they actually, um, you know, cover live a lot of the content and the speakers that are happening there. And so if you're interested in that or you're in a place in your life where uh, you're curious and you have credit card questions, that's a great way for you to be able to connect with a company like Experian. Um, the Met Gala was on Monday night and Glamour Magazine actually did full coverage of the red carpet. So it's another way. It's like the second TV. I mean, 
mobile phones have become our first screen at this point. And so Glamour Magazine took the, advantage, uh, took the opportunity to actually cover what was happening at the Met Gala. Everything from, you know, the people that they were covering in terms of a few celebrities. You could see there was a little bit of brand uh, product placement in terms of the makeup. And then, you know, the ride along to the Met Gala, them standing uh, by the red carpet and kind of interviewing some of the celebrities that were coming by. And so that's just a few examples of how companies are taking advantage of Snapchat as a, as a channel for them to reach their audience, whether it's through education, whether it's through uh, product launches, whether it's a flash sale. I mean, whatever it is, or a takeover, for example, with an influencer, so they're cross-promoting within channels. Whatever it is, they're just using that to communicate a certain message, just like any other social network that you might use. And is the is there um, a Snapchat dashboard that advertisers can, you know, um, look at the metrics for success? Because most of the most of the media folks I know, if they're going to spend money, they're going to want to know the metrics, and then they're going to want to take that information and put it into their system so they can say, okay, this was successful or this wasn't. Yeah, that's a good question. So in terms of if you have a Snapchat handle and you are creating content on that handle, there's no web dashboard dashboard currently that's available for a brand to say, for example, um, you know, this is how many views we got. This is how much engagement we received. There's nothing like that. Now, if you have a relationship with Snapchat directly and you're working with them and you're paying them $100,000, $300,000 for a sponsor filter, maybe you have a, um, a brand channel within Snapchat, then I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be, uh, you know, statistics. I don't know 100% because I haven't, you know, worked with Snapchat directly, but when you're working with Snapchat, then they provide you um, analytics on their end. But if you're just creating content on your handle, then you're going to be manually just – it's not that there isn't – analytics that you can pull, it's just not in a web portal. That's easy for you to kind of print out and pull. Right, not in a more traditional way that brands are used to, which which was one of the discussion points um, that you that you read about, which is that a lot of brand marketers don't like to spend money on platforms where the reporting is not the same traditional way that they're used to getting so that they can validate their spend. But at the same time, some brands are just doing it anyway because they want in. So, so you could hire a – we should talk a little bit about what really is a Snapchat influencer because the brand can hire a Snapchat influencer to create branded content and not necessarily pay Snapchat for a sponsorship, correct? Right. So there's different ways for you to have presence on Snapchat. There's, uh, you can create a custom geofilter, for example, if you're having a conference so that you're creating awareness around your brand. And while pe- the people that are using Snapchat, which is probably going to be a majority of the attendees there, they'll be able to swipe through and see your geofilter and they'll have recognition, right? And actually that feature, the custom geofilter that you submit online on Snapchat.com, that actually does provide uh, web analytics. So once that filter is done running, you'll have analytics of how many impressions that filter got and then as well as how many people use that uh, filter. But in terms of just creating content, if, for example, you're Sephora. So Sephora does a really amazing job with their Snapchat uh, handle. So they just have a username like, you know, any other regular person and they get curated in my feed just like all my in between all my friends. And what they'll do is they'll, for example, post a 
Instagram picture with a makeup artist who's an influencer. And what they'll do is they will tell their audience on Instagram on X day, for example, on Thursday, we're going to have, uh, you know, this influencer on our Snapchat, make sure to follow us and follow along on the craziness. So they're going to be paying that influencer just what she gets paid uh, for her regular things, right? But instead of creating content, for example, on her Instagram for Sephora, she's going to be creating that content on Snapchat for Sephora. And she's going to be leveraging, you're basically paying that influencer for their audience as well as their ability to create content on a platform like Snapchat natively. So when you, um, when you, you can subscribe to a Snapchat or influencer that you like, what are the, some top, one of the top numbers for Snapchat influencers today? We always hear about, you know, PewDiePie on, on, um, YouTube is surpassing like billions of subscribers, um, and fans on his videos. And that's sort of a metric for success there. What's a high subscribe number for a Snapchat influencer? Yeah, so I mean, it just depends on what type of Snapchat influencer you're looking for. Some of the Snapchat influencers have lower numbers because they're a little bit more niche. But to give you an example, uh, Brandon Harvey, he is a uh, he's a photographer. He started his uh, kind of career on social media on Instagram. He moved a lot of his audience over to Snapchat. He is more of a storyteller, so he is um, very charismatic, very fun. He gets forty thousand views on his Snapchat which is a very, very high number. For those who um, are not familiar with Snapchat, it's very difficult to grow an audience on Snapchat, and that is one of the barriers of entry and why so many people are hesitant because it doesn't have built-in discoverability. And so you really have to take advantage of all your other social networks and to push your audience to Snapchat and say, you know, there's going to be exclusive content happening on Snapchat. You should follow me, and you should utilize the QR code. And as you can see, I'm sure people that are listening are going to uh, remember, you know, seeing a QR code on their Twitter feed, uh, seeing someone change their Facebook profile, maybe seeing it in a blog post they've read, maybe seeing someone putting it in their email as their, you know, in their signature block. So you have to, you know, take advantage of all these channels to promote your Snapchat because growing an audience is very, very difficult. So there's not a natural discovery engine within the app itself. You actually have to know about somebody who's going to be, you know, who's a Snapchatter that you want to, that you want to follow. And that's a great point. So people are saving their Snapchats and posting them on other social media platforms. Right. So it's really interesting. The Q- So there was no other social network or no other organization that was really able to capture how people are using QR codes except for Snapchat. And I think that's one of the reasons that Snapchat has been successful. They've done a lot of things differently. And so Snapchat, because they don't have um, in-app discoverability, they're forcing their users, because their users are so loyal and they love creating content on Snapchat, they're forcing their users to utilize their other networks and leverage them. I actually wrote an article about um, finding friends on Snapchat on LinkedIn, and I actually um, you know, give examples of very, very large fashion influencers, uh, large, large companies that are actually having to write, this is my Snapchat code, go follow me there. For example, Kim Kardashian has, I think, the largest uh, Instagram audience. She, in her bio, has two things. She has, you know, her website and her Snapchat username because it's that important for her to drive traffic there. And I think that is a key to success that Snapchat has created, that they're, they're pushing people, they're forcing people to utilize networks that they've already built up and say, now promote your Snapchat. 
Wow, that is crazy land. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing and they're doing it, which is the amazing thing. And can you just define what a QR code is for folks that don't know what it is? Yeah, so it's basically um, a series, like a special series of dots that you have. And so when uh, someone scans that within, so if you open up your Snapchat app and you get to the camera, if you have a QR code in front of you, no matter how big, how small, how blurry it is, if you hold your finger on that QR code, it'll scan it and it'll ask you, you know, it'll prompt you to add that person. Or you can take a photo of it and it'll scan that photo and it'll ask you to um, to add that person as well. And so it's a way, it's almost like, um, it's like a, a code, right? It's like a scannable code. And so the advantage of this is that there's constantly people that are promoting it. And it's not just online. You can actually have stickers made of your snap code, which is the QR code with your picture in it. And you can go and stick it all over a city if you want it. I know Harris Markowitz did this um, early on in New York. Uh, when I was at South by Southwest doing um, Snapchat for a client, there was a lot of people that were sticking their snap code on uh, different walls with a lot of posters because they want to create awareness for their account. Well, that that is amazing. Well, we're going to um, take a break now, but when we come back, I'd love to hear about some of your favorite influencers and what makes them so unique because the, the really influential Snapchatters I've noticed are, are you know, baby filmmakers and, the, and the, their work is distinct and unique. So I'd love to chat with, with Saba, our Snapchat guru, when we come back on the TechCat show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, everybody. And we have been Snapchatting away. Well, actually, we've been talking about Snapchat with Saba Sidigi. 
Jansen is using everybody's last name, who's, who's really a guru in teaching brands and businesses um, how to leverage Snapchat. And we were just kind of getting schooled in how you grow your audience in a platform that doesn't have any inherent discovery. And a lot of folks are doing that with the QR code functionality. And Saba, you were just telling me some more great detail about the QR code functionality. Yeah, so I don't know if this is something that they accidentally did or maybe a feature that they uh, don't really promote, but actually, so the regular QR codes that we, um, you know, have seen but are not, you know, really excited to use, uh, those are actually also scannable on Snapchat. So if you open up your Snapchat application, you get to the camera, and if you hold your phone to that and you take a Snapchat picture of it, it should scan. And if that QR code is registered to, for example, a website, then you can, the website will pop up on your screen, and that's a way to drive traffic to a website if you have some sort of paper publication. So that's another um, way to sort of promote and utilize, because before there was no vehicle where people were, have, they had an app on their phone that could actually scan, but scan a QR code, right? And so now that most people have Snapchat on their phone, this has become a vehicle for QR codes, not just Snapchat ones, but other ones as well. So it's just so interesting so that what, what they're really doing is encouraging you just to stay in the app and never leave the app, you know, um, which, exactly. which is kind of brilliant, which is really brilliant. So you mentioned before a, a Snapchatter that you liked. I'm wondering if you could talk about a few of the ones, the influencers that you think are so unique because, again, I've noticed that, they all do different things. They all have their own brand. So maybe you can share with us, you know, what that's about. Yeah, so every, like, like you said, I mean, every influencer, they became an influencer because they were able to really create a brand for themselves. And Snapchat really allows you to do a lot of different things, and that's why there's a lot of different categories of Snapchat influencers. And as you saw, Lori, um, for the panel for NAB, I have three different influencers. They were, they were all influencers, but they all have their own uh, focuses. And so one of my favorite influencers is Harris Markowitz. He was on our panel. He, is, um, he calls himself a Snapchat filmmaker, and he owns his own Snapchat production company. And so what he means by Snapchat filmmaker is that he utilizes a lot of the video features that are within Snapchat to create video-like features. So he uses a lot of stop motion. He uses the backwards feature, and he really creates beautiful productions. He's um, working in partnership right now with Zillow. So if anyone wants to see his work, if you follow the Zillow Snapchat account, if you just uh, you know, go into your application, you write add username, you just type in Zillow, they'll, co- they'll come up, you can click their name, and follow Zillow's content, and Harris Markowitz is behind that content. So um, in a case like that, then, is Harris using other devices to capture images and then somehow bringing it into Snapchat? Like how, how and why? No. How, so how, does, how does he – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say he doesn't. So one of the things that's really great about Harris is that uh, he doesn't upload any of his Snapchat content. And a lot of people ask about this in terms of, you know, what are the applications that people uh, use to upload content? Because there are influencers out there that, you know, record on another device and they upload. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, it's actually against the terms and uh, terms of service with Snapchat. And so if they do uh, catch you uploading content, they will either subscribe suspend or delete your account. But Harris just creates everything natively. And that's one of the reasons why I respect his craft so much, because he is, uh, you know, 
really developed or take advantage of a new way of storytelling on Snapchat. And so when he does stop motion, for example, each picture that he is creating is one second. And so the user that's consuming that content has to tap on the screen for the content to actually move, which creates a video-like feeling with pictures. So he's really planning these Snapchats out. Um, is he storyboarding them? I mean, is that what these influencers yeah. do? Because it is, it is like a mini production, to your point. Yes, he is, um, he is definitely storyboarding them. If you uh, follow his content, you'll see that it is very meticulous. Sometimes uh, he does this thing where he puts post-its on a wall and he moves it like a centimeter by centimeter to create movement. And those take oh him gosh. upwards of five, six hours. And so, yeah, the Snapchat content that he is creating is uh, taking a good amount of time. And, I mean, on that same token, a Snapchat artist such as, you know, Sean Ayala, who is also on our panel, he does a lot of interactive Snapchat art for um, movie, m- large movie production companies. So he's currently working with Fox uh, Broadcasting. And so in situations like that, what's interesting is that they are using the drawing feature to create very, very complex drawings and layering it on the photos that they're, um, they've already taken. And so that's a different style of a Snapchat influencer or a different style of content that someone's interested in consuming. So, right. So I, I know I always like write out my words on Snapchat in a really sloppy way, but when you're, you actually have graphical talent, <laughs> there's some people that are yeah. doing ama- uh, um, really amazing things. And you had mentioned too that there are some Snapchatters that have smaller audiences because they're really niche. Are they niche in that they're only focused on a like particular topic or is it because of their style or what, what makes them so niche? You know, if you're focusing, for example, on comedy jokes or if you're focusing on, you know, happiness and giving back, I mean, it's not that your audience is very small, but because they, their content is more focused, they don't have as many channels to promote, right? And it's, it's, it's very difficult to create a large Snapchat following if you didn't already have um, an audience somewhere else. So there are some Snapchatters, for example, like Brandon Harvey, who leveraged their large audience on Instagram and they moved it over to Snapchat early enough where they were able to really uh, capture them very, very well. Now, there's other Snapchat influencers that just organically uh, and natively grew their Snapchat audiences only on Snapchat. So they didn't have a large social presence somewhere else. So I'm kind of describing the, um, the reality of someone like, you know, Kylie Jenner, or Kim Kardashian being on Snapchat. They're going to have millions of people looking at their content because they already have brand equity outside, um, outside of Snapchat and within Snapchat. And so people are not following someone like Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner because of the way that they are utilizing Snapchat and their talent at storytelling they're just following them because they're a celebrity, right? Um, so there's, right. there's a large distinction there. And they're following them on whatever platform they're on. So you were saying that some Snapchatters stay only on Snapchat, but others port their content out to all the other social media platforms as well? Yeah, so there are Snapchatters that um, push their audience to other places. For example, Sean Durris. Um, he is a very, very talented Snapchat artist and storyteller, and he's worked with uh, brands like Kellogg and Taco Bell. And he does, he does a good amount of his content on Snapchat, but he's promoting mostly his YouTube channel. And that's where he's kind of saying, you know, I'm giving you a piece of the story on Snapchat, 
And to watch the rest of it, you have to go on my YouTube channel. So he's um, leveraging kind of those two channels and using them complementary. Now, someone like Brandon Harvey is a more of a snap. He's a Snapchat photographer and storyteller. So he's basically creating narratives around uh, maybe the photography gigs that he's doing. And so he's pushing his audience between Instagram and Snapchat. And so everyone should, I mean, just as a whole, you know, speaking as a marketing strategist, it's important to not use Snapchat in a vacuum. And you have to be using one or two complementary social networks so that you can distribute your content and you can uh, create more awareness for your Snapchat brand. Are you, um, are you seeing um, more of your colleagues move to Snapchat that were like your other friends on Instagram or on other plat- platforms? Um, or are people kind of staying true to where they sort of built their base? You know, I've, I've definitely noticed. I don't know a lot of these people personally. Um, I don't have, you know, this, this large group of people that are older that I'm friends with in the industry, but um, I have noticed that a lot of people in the well, social media me. marketing space. <laughs> I have you. I have you. But in terms of, like, the masses, um, uh, I, have to be, I have to get you to be more, more active on Snapchat. But in terms of I've seen a lot of social media marketers in the last eight months. I mean, it's incredible. They went from saying Snapchat is for teens and for sending nudes to literally all of a sudden having a Snapchat course. It's very interesting to see people who are not on Snapchat eight months ago now preaching Snapchat to everyone and everyone they know and, you know, telling people that they are going to be teaching it now. Um, So you you can definitely see that when a platform gets to the bandwagon level in terms of, you know, they're just on the platform and they're using it so much because everyone else is using it a lot, that's when you know that a, a platform has really made it. Um, I was wondering if you could also just share with us, um, you know, there are some new features and Chat 2.0 had some big announcements. Can you tell us what that all means? Yeah, so Snapchat has been um, iterating and evolving at, you know, a very, very rapid pace. And this is the result of two things. This is the result of the fact that the market is pushing them to evolve and to have new features because they have so many new users, so they have to cater to them. And the second thing is, is that because brands are jumping on, they need a little bit more functionality. So in terms of some of the new stuff that's come out, um, I'll start with the latest stuff and then kind of work my way backwards. Uh, The latest stuff that came out was the 3D stickers, which is basically you can actually pin an emoji to your... to your Snapchat video, and the emoji is moving on the screen. And so it's a lot more interactive than it was before where the, um, the emoji is static on your screen. They also introduce face swap with any, you know, any uh, person's face that you like. So if I decided that I wanted to um, have a picture of Eva Longoria um, in my camera roll and I want to switch faces with her, I have the ability to do that. And a lot of people were using the uh, Drake space when the new album came out last week. Um, and so people were creating content as if they were Drake. So that creates a lot of, you know, marketing opportunity for a lot of brands if they were to hire someone or maybe if you want to say a quote that's by Oprah, then you put on Oprah's face and you create that content. Um, previously to that, they added a few new geofilters, and the largest uh, update that they released about a month ago was the Chat 2.0 feature that you mentioned. And Chat 2.0 ultimately is a messaging um, enhanced version of what they had. And so previously they did have 
the live video chat, but now you have to call the person, you can send audio messages, you can send video messages that you can save, you can send stickers, you can video chat and also send them content from your camera roll. And so it's an enhanced version of a communication tool that they didn't have previously. And one of the things that's very interesting about Chat 2.0 is that they're catering to all the people that are saying, you know, I don't want to be a content creator and I don't want to necessarily always have a story and be a Snapchat influencer. What can Snapchat do for me? And so if you're someone who's not creating content, but you're engaging with the people that are on Snapchat, then the Chat 2.0 feature is very useful to you and you have a lot of reasons to take advantage of it. Uh, a lot of really great stuff. We're going to take one more break um, on the TechCat show, and we're going to be back more with Saba talking about Snapchat and um, some of the bigger brands like the Olympics that are jumping on board. So um, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene and snap away on the TechCat show. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Did you know where you bank really matters? Values-based banking is a growing, global, viable alternative to the current banking system. Find out how you can join, share, and participate in a positive money movement that is designed to put the power back in your pockets. Listen for Building Banking on Values with host Linda Ryan. Your money matters. There is a solution, and you can be a part of something greater. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's about a different kind of banking. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody. And we've been having a fantastic deep dive and lesson um, on Snapchat from Saba, who is a Snapchat influencer as well as a teacher teaching businesses, brands, how to navigate this um, exploding and very exciting social media platform. And so, Saba, I wanted to um, just ask you, because uh, we talked earlier about what brands are doing, um, and I heard about Starbucks Filter, um, which, you know, puts stars, stars in your eyes. And I, but I also heard a lot of negative feedback 
on that filter that people were posting not so kind things on that. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, how does a brand kind of protect, protect itself from negative feedback on these filters or is, is there anything they can do? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I think one of the things that happened with the Starbucks Rewards Program is they were trying to promote and create awareness around the Starbucks Rewards Program, but the problem is, is that their their consumers didn't like the Rewards Program. They loved the filter. They hated the Rewards Program. And so I think what happened was is that uh, their customers who didn't like it took advantage of the sponsored filter to really be able to express how much they hated it. And so they were probably creating content. They were uploading that to, for example, a Twitter video or a Facebook video, and they were talking about, you know, here's, here's what I'm talking about, and this is how I feel about it. And I think in some ways it's, kind of, it's negative, but I think in a lot of ways it can be positive because, you know, you're giving your audience a way to express themselves, and you're doing it with your own branding. And at the end of the day, I mean, good or bad, publicity is great either way. And I think that Snapchat maybe should have, um, maybe in a more calculated way, had another filter for their brand, but they chose to do it around the rewards program. And I think that they already knew that there was negative feedback around it. And they thought that the filter would somehow change that. But I think it just uh, fueled fire for people to create content with their branding. What do you think um, is the Olympics are going to do? Are they are because um, you can't do you can't really show a race, uh, you know, in a Snapchat story, or, or can you? Like, how do you think they're going to be be leveraging it? I think that the the Olympics are going to be an amazing case study for anyone who's going to be following it. I did hear about the coverage of Rio de Janeiro uh, summer this year. It's going to be in Brazil. And I think that there's going to be three different ways that Snapchat is going to be leveraged is that one is that there's going to be a live story happening. So the live story is actually a curated story by other people. So what you do is when you're creating Snapchat content, you not only submit it to your story, but you create it to the live story that's happening. And so if you're in a certain vicinity at the Olympics and you're creating content, you can submit your content to a live story that then Snapchat curates the best content and they create a crowdsourced, um, you know, Olympic story. I think that is going to be a huge hit. They do that for the Grammys. They do that for the Oscars. They do that for all the large events that are happening in a specific area and they either distribute it nationally or um, locally if it's a smaller event. The other thing that's going to be really big is all the sports channels. Go ahead. Well, I I love that. No, I was just going to say, I love that. It's kind of brilliant because the problem with the Olympics is, is, you know, it's not, it's one of those stalwart brands that hasn't been very relatable to a younger demographic. And the, everyone's been complaining with the networks that nobody watches anything. And especially with the broadcast networks, they just play the American sports and it's only from like 8 to 10 p.m. So this kind of gives the community a chance to, uh, to get into and see and watch the, you know, the countries and the sports that they want. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I think that, you know, for any event, whether it's the Oscars, the Grammys, the Met Gala, the Olympics, you know, there are people that want to watch the races and when people get the awards, but I think most people want to see what goes into an event. You know, what is the chaos like? What is the frenzy like? What is the preparation like? What is the post-drama that happens after a race is over between the winners and the people that didn't win? And, you know, I think that's what makes it really, really exciting. And so if you're able to give people that perspective and give 
people um, that window into what's happening at any event, I think it's going to be appealing. I think there's, I think Snapchat is going to win significantly during the Olympics. I think it'll be the event that puts Snapchat on the map a little bit more into the masses. I think that a lot of people are paying attention to Snapchat. Obviously, we're having this conversation. There's a lot of other conversations happening in the marketplace. But I think that Olympics are going to be that global event that everyone has their eyes on. And if people are consuming that much content on Snapchat, it's just going to prove it out. And the Olympics, like you mentioned, is an event where there's a younger audience as well as an older audience. And people are going to go where the best content is. And if the best content is on Snapchat, that's where they're going to be consuming. Got it. It's just quite, quite brilliant. So while we have you for a few more minutes, um, tell us where we can find you because you're, you're so smart and um, so insightful about the behaviors around this platform. Where can people um, keep up with what you're doing and, and learn more about your courses? Yeah, of course. So they can find me on Twitter. My Twitter is just, uh, you know, my handle is my name. So Saba Sedili. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, S-A-B-A. S-E-D-I-G-H-I. So I am active on Twitter. I am extremely active on Snapchat. If you want to add me on Snapchat, um, my QR code is my profile picture. And if you just take a Snapchat photo of that, um, you can add me there. You can also uh, find me at sabasadili.com where I kind of showcase some of um, my Snapchat content as well as you can read about my services. And I tweet a lot and post a lot on my LinkedIn about uh, the different courses that I'll be teaching and just um, I know this is this is more timely of when it's happening, but uh, my Snapchat for Business courses, one is happening in Santa Monica on May 17th. If you uh, want to RSVP, it's on the General Assembly website, and then in downtown LA on June 1st if you're interested. And we're doing a uh, on May 11th. Go ahead. And for those of uh, the audience that are global and all over the world, um, you could still are you teaching any of your classes virtually? I'm not teaching any of my classes virtually right now. There is the Udemy course, which is Snapchat for beginners, and you can uh, sign up for that. It's very cheap. It's 47 lectures. It's just sort of an intro to get you started, um, to get you more comfortable with the application. Um, I'm not teaching any virtual classes right now. All of them are in-person workshops, but I do uh, provide consulting services, and so if you want just a one-hour strategy or if you want something a little bit more complete, I provide um, larger packages um, that help your team with either training or kind of getting you guys started in terms of uh, strategy and, you know, what are what different uh, content resources you guys have in terms of launching your Snapchat account. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I was any business right now, I would just have you come in and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> because, you, you know, you, and you also know who all the hot influences are. And part of this, to your point earlier, is finding the right influencer who has the right culture and who has uh, the right followers uh, to associate. But I, I just think, you know, I've noticed just even in the last month that so many colleagues of mine who, again, are in the Gen X and Boomer um, generation jumping onto the platform and it's been months and months and months that I've been on it and I haven't seen this that many people. So there's definitely some bigger push and pull to the platform now, now that it's getting um, so much publicity and uh, everyone's trying to understand it. So um, so we can find you at Saba Sedegi and you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Twitter. And then if you haven't ever downloaded the app, just download it and start to play. And, and doesn't it also suck in your contacts um, from your contacts and to help you find your friends who are on Snapchat? Yeah. 
Yeah, just like every other platform, if you give it um, access to your address book, whoever has signed up with their phone number and you have their phone number in your address book, that those will those people will come up, and so you'll be add be able to add them through your address book. So definitely take advantage of that to kind of create your um, to create your initial fan base of followers. And if you do listen to this, if you listen to this show and you enjoy it, definitely add me on Snapchat. Send me a snap. Send me a message on Snapchat. Um, if you have any questions, I'm definitely here always. Well, it's been a pleasure um, always to, to have uh, Saba, my Snapchat guru. I feel like you're my personal Snapchat guru. Did you really <laughs> understand culturally what's going on, technically what's going on, and a way to really approach Snapchat from a, a business uh, perspective? And I've never really done a show just on one particular platform, but this one is so hot, so interesting and kind of changing the nature of communication in our world. So I'm so glad that we, we uh, could sit, sit and talk to you for a while uh, on today. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Lori Schwartz, the Tech Cat. We've been chatting, Snapchatting <laughs> with the fabulous Saba Sedebi, and um, you can follow her and listen to this again to get all the tidbits um, on Snapchat. So thanks, and we'll talk to you next week on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.